I would like to read a scripture from the book of John, and we are very, very happy to be here, first of all, with Brother and Sister Grant and the honorable work that they have done here in their um, many years of service to this congregation and to you, our brothers and sisters. The Lord bless you, keep you, prosper you, shine upon you, and give you peace. And by the way, Wiki wanted me to tell you that her wardrobes come from goodwill. When he said uh, some hundreds of dollars, she could get two or three outfits. She said, talk, two or three hundred. Amen. And uh, that gives me great peace. Praise the Lord. Amen. From the book of John, the 10th chapter and verse 30, Jesus said this. He said, I and my Father are one. And I'd like you to just journey with me for a few moments in thought on getting to know your Heavenly Father. You may be seated in Jesus' name. God has taken humanity through several iterations of His dealings with us. First, in the Adamic or the Adam covenant where he wanted to walk with them in innocent fellowship, but he couldn't because of their sin. And then the Noahic covenant, he wanted people to follow him there, and that didn't work too well. And then the Abrahamic covenant or the covenant he made with Abraham. And people walk with that. But up until that time, sin was just was rampant. And the reason it was so rampant is because man had no boundaries and there, there was no guidelines. And then Moses came along and God gave him the law. And the law was given to bring boundaries to people's lives, to bring, bring recognition of disobedience and sin. And up until that time, there was no judgment, per se, imputed to people because they didn't know that they were sinning, per se. But always, 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 God, from before the foundation of the world, had a plan. And that plan was consummated in Jesus, the man Jesus. Now, I know this by by experience, and you probably have experienced it as well, that many of us, the, the, the portrait that we have of God, our Father, for many of us, it was stamped upon us or imprinted upon us by the dealings that we experienced with our earthly fathers. My father was a very uh, long-suffering and compassionate man. And so, therefore, my view of my heavenly father is that he is very long-suffering. And, indeed, the Scripture says the same. Others of us have suffered painful experiences at the hands of our earthly fathers. And so we somehow assign that same thought or thinking to our heavenly father. If, if our earthly fathers judged us quickly, immediately, and painfully, we 
automatically ascribe that if we don't find out differently to our Heavenly Father. And, boy, he'll cut you off in a heartbeat. You better not mess up. You better not dis, uh, misbehave because he is quick to judge. But then Jesus comes, and he says in this very short passage, which we often use to, to prove that Jesus and God are one, and, and we understand that, we sub- subscribe to that. But I believe in this passage here that Jesus is saying, when you've seen me, you have seen the Father. And I just want to take a few moments here this morning to to encourage someone to not be afraid to approach the Lord because the Lord that he wants you to see is found in the face of Jesus. The Lord that he wants you to interact with is in the face of Jesus. And what kind of Jesus, what kind of God did he Replicate? Did he show? Did he expose to us? Because Jesus was the embodiment of God the Father. And oftentimes it's easy for us to get off on one side or another and be too lenient or or to be too quick to judge. But when you look at Jesus and you see his dealings with us, with mankind, as he walked the shores of Galilee, and you see a lady taken in the very act of adultery, immoral sin, and she is flung at the feet of Jesus by the religious masters of the day, and Jesus stoops down after they ask him, this woman's taken in the, in the act of adultery, what should be done to her? Jesus stoops down as if to ignore them and begins to right in the sand, and there are many people who, uh, who say, uh, you know, what he was writing, or they surmise what he was writing there. I don't, I don't know that that's very important. But he said to them, woman, where are, are, are uh, let he that is, is without sin among you religious people cast the first stone? And then he stooped down. And when he arose, no one was there but the woman. And he said, woman, where are your accusers? And he told her, go and sin no more. Jesus was conceived while the Mosaic law was still in force. And he could have had the Father given him permission, gone forward in the judgmental system of the Mosaic law. But he came and mercy and truth were found in him. The scripture says that righteousness and peace have met together. Mercy and truth have kissed each other. I don't know if you've ever pondered that scripture before, but listen, if truth is told about me, there can be no mercy. I said, if the truth was known about me, there could be no mercy. But embodied in Jesus Christ was both truth and mercy. Why? Because he took 
my judgment penalty in himself. That ought to show you what kind of father that we all have. And we can rejoice and we can worship him unashamedly. Even when we have sinned, he makes provision for that. Even when we have lived in the thought processes that were sinful, immoral, etc., etc., even when we have said things that were sinful, even when we have done things with our physical body that somehow we know are wrong and sinful, I can come boldly, he said. What kind of a master, what kind of a father is that? My pastor at one time said, if you will just come to me and tell me, I will be merciful to you. And his sons did that. They just came, Dad, I did this, I did the other. And he would use a measure of discipline in them, but it was not anywhere near what could have been if they didn't confess. So our Heavenly Father is asking us, even when we've sinned, it doesn't matter the depth of sin, the breadth of sin, how big, how small it is, it's all sin. And he invites us to come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. That tells me something about my Father. And Jesus said, I and my Father are one. I understand that that we need to build trust into each other and all of that. I'm not talking about our horizontal relationship. I'm talking about our vertical relationship. And once I come to him and confess my sin, the sin of my tongue, the sin of my mind, the sin of my body, he is faithful, John said, 1 John 1 and 9, to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. That's the father that I have today. Even when the apostle Peter, you would think that Jesus would have some anger inside of him, that he would have a retribution inside of him because he had schooled and trained Peter for three and a half years in ministry, in discipleship. And yet when they ask Peter and tell him you were with him, Peter denied him three times. And then later on, Peter just completely backslid. How do we know that? He said, I go fishing. And in the Greek, that means I am returning to a lifestyle and career of fishing. In other words, I'm abandoning my call. I'm turning back my back on Jesus. But we find Jesus afterwards coming to Peter and say, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, in the original language, it means, yes, Lord, I, I, I love you as a friend. And Jesus asked him, do you love me with a God kind of love? Jesus, Peter said again, I love you as a friend. And then finally, Jesus said, do you even love me as a friend? But then he comes and he tells the apostle, who has abandoned him, who has abandoned his ministry, he says to that 
apostle, feed my sheep. What an awesome restoration that our Father is revealed in the face of Jesus telling his failed, backslidden disciple, Come on, Peter, get back in the harness. You're forgiven. You're washed. You're clean. It's over. The past is buried. The past is covered by the blood of Jesus. I I grew up in, uh, yes, a Holy Ghost environment. Yes, a, an environment that was full of the miraculous and full of the secrets of our hearts being revealed and full of anointed and powerful preaching. But somewhere in the midst of that, uh, there was a, a record system. And we lived not, I found out later, years later, I've not really been living in a relationship with the Lord. I've been living in a relationship with rules. Oh, I said a bad word. Oh, my God, I can't sing in the choir anymore ever again. Oh, my Lord, I, I went and did this or did that or the other. And again, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not advocating that we throw the doors open to important places and all of that without there being qualification. Please don't get that. But I am saying that between you and the Lord, everything can be cleared up in just a second or two. Come on. When we come to him and say, Lord, I knew you knew it. I failed. I sinned. I confess my sin, but I have the word that you gave me that says in that moment that I confess my sin, you are faithful to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So what do I say after that? You say, well, I've done that, but... Still in my mind, I, I feel dirty. I feel unclean. That's the problem. Therein is the rub. It is not what I feel. It is what he said. Come on. There's a lot of times that we have a nice, healthy, and enormous meal, and 30 minutes later we're saying, Boy, I'm still hungry. No, you're not hungry. Your belly's tight and full. Come on. We can't live by our feelings. I don't live by my feelings. And I found that out so late in life. And I want to share that joyous truth with everyone here today. It doesn't matter. A slip of the tongue, a slip of the mind, a slip of the body. Come to Jesus. He is the embodiment of our Heavenly Father. And He wants there to be fellowship. There wants to be a tenderness and love between us. And he wants to help us further with the infilling of his spirit. That's where the real power comes. It is not just acknowledging my sin and saying to him, Lord, I'm sorry, I forgive me of my sin, but it is coming to him and saying, Lord, I want to be filled with your spirit. Wiki and I were privileged just a few short weeks ago. Wiki had worked in a school setting with this mother. Through the mother, we met the father and we met the three daughters. 
And so we sat down and we shared the word of the Lord and they were, you know, welcoming to it and amazed at what the Lord wanted to do for them and so on and so forth. And and one of the one of the sisters, the girls, was baptized and we rejoiced over that. And she preaches to everybody else what they need to do, but she hasn't done it herself. And so we thank the Lord that she is a, an evangelist of sort. But we, we found out that uh, uh, the youngest sister, who is a very, uh, very learned and educated person, teaches at one of the universities, and, uh, but, but they, she had encountered some problems in her heart, and uh, we did not know this. We did not know what she was experiencing, and she had been going to a a denominational church in the Houston area and, and there's a lot of scientists and things that, that go there and they teach and creationism and so on and so forth. And she said, uh, she said, my, my mind was being filled with these wonderful, wonderful thoughts from the basis of science being proven by the scriptures and so on. But, but she said, there was something in my heart that was missing. There was, there was a link that was not there. And so she began to, uh, she talked with her evangelist sister who doesn't go to church and inquired of her. And she said, well, you need to go to thus and so church in the metro area. And so anonymously she visited there and she loved it. And she said, oh, my goodness, I, I, I didn't realize I can do this. I, I like this here. And ever since she's been going to my cousin and I, met her at her home, and we prayed, and we touched her in the name of the Lord, and she was wanting to receive the baptism. She said after we left, she said, I began to speak with other tongues, and we thank the Lord for that. And I sat with her as her mother was having surgery, and she said, I, you know what? I realize I see in the Bible I need to be baptized too in Jesus' name. And I thought, how wonderful is this that a, a young lady who has lived a, a, an exemplary life, who has lived, as far as we're concerned, a sin-free life, but here there was something that was missing in her heart, and it was our Heavenly Father who was beckoning her to himself to say, come and be filled. Come and be satisfied. Not just satisfied and filled, but come and be changed. That's the power of Pentecost. That's the power of the infilling of the Holy Spirit is the Christ child has come to live inside of me. And therefore, I'm not going to wrestle with the old thoughts. I'm not going to wrestle with the old habits anymore. I have been forgiven, cleansed, and filled. And now he lives through me. Praise his name forever. Some of the old timers around here say, you know, I wish you would really get with it and preach something fantastic. This is the most fantastic message in all the world is that Jesus is the face of our Father. And when I'm talking to him, I, I don't have to be afraid that the eternal spirit of God has a different message to me than what Jesus gave. I can be, be full of confidence that however Jesus treated the people, that's how he treats me. I share this once again, the personal testimony that that I uh, that I experienced in my own life. As I said, I grew up with the rules, and uh, you know when you when you broke a rule, then you were you were set down and put to the side for uh, a probationary period. 
uh, until you proved yourself, and I understand that and agree with that. But somehow or another, we felt like that when we were set down that God had set us down and wanted nothing to do with us either. Some of you experienced that. But there were some of us that kept our sins private. Oh, it's awfully quiet in here. We didn't let anyone else know about it. And so we could do our dirt and then come to church. And it was, I guess we thought, we were smug about it that, you know, if they don't know, everything's cool. But it's not cool. And, and so I, I was raised on a pedestal in my life. I didn't get to run with everybody that ran the roads. I was kept. I was, I was singled out. I was, I was set apart in all of these. And I, uh, you've heard me say before, I, I almost felt like I was born by immaculate conception. Um, I, the earliest pictures of me were in a suit and a hat. I see they're coming back now, and I... Earliest pictures, very few that I wasn't in a suit. But somewhere along the way in my teens, I fell from that pedestal. And I soiled my soul. How do, how do you describe that? Well, I just felt dirty because I had broken the rules. And I thought to myself, now, I can't allow God into that part of my life until I put some things together. I'm going to have to, as in the, the, the novel, The Scarlet Letter, I'm going to have to privately do flagellation. And in that novel, the preacher who had fallen into sin, he would whip himself to try to pay for his sin. And I felt that way, and I didn't. I didn't whip myself with a with a cords or a whip or anything like that. But I I kept myself from things that I should have enjoyed because I felt I had to pay a price. And I this went on for several years. It went on even after I began to began to preach, and I'd long before that asked the Lord to forgive me. And and you know I I technically biblically mentally knew what the Scripture had said but I still did not want him in that because I had failed him. And I had put him to an open shame as I felt, although my sin was still private. And one day I went to kneel and to pray, to prepare for a church service, and I could take you to the spot, I could take you to the place, as I knelt, all of a sudden, there was a vision given to me. And I saw the Lord Jesus standing in a room, and nothing in that room, there was nothing in there but broken shards of pottery, nothing. There was not one piece that was together or joining another. And it was about this deep. 
And he was standing in the middle of that with his arms open wide to me as if to say, I'm in here. I know what you've done. But I'm your Savior. I'm your Lord. I accept you. I have forgiven you. I have redeemed you. And I wept like I hadn't wept in years. I sobbed. I cried. And there are some that are looking at me right now and thinking, oh, my God, could this be true? Could this really be true? Because I have had some serious failures in my life. Serious failures. Society thinks I am seriously a failure. But I'm telling you as an emissary of the Father heart of God found in the face of Jesus Christ that he has forgiven you. He loves you. He wants fellowship with you. He wants to hold you. He wants to carry you. He wants to take you where you can't go on your own. Yes, you you nominally know. You know after a fashion that you're forgiven. And your life is governed by, well, I'm trying to do better. Come on, thank God for that. Thank God. He wants us to, to try. But he doesn't want us to try with the thought that it's left up to me. He wants us to try... Because he's in us. And it's when his spirit is activated by my trying. Faith without works is dead. If I believe that he's forgiven me, then I need to rise and walk in the newness of life. Glory be to God. And I say this uh, so much, and please forgive me for repeating myself. Uh, Dr. Norman Vincent Peale uh, uh, well known for his uh, good things that he wrote and said, his books, his writings. Uh, he had a pastor a large church in New York, Marble Collegiate Church. And uh, I, I had wondered about this. I thought because I was raised in a, in a setting where records meant everything. A pastor friend of ours that, that pastors not far from here, we... we uh, Wiki and I had preached for him, and we uh, were at his mother's side. She was very near death, and she wept, and she said, I'm so happy that, to say that I never slept with nobody but my husband. And, and in church, everybody was on a different pedestal as to whether or not they had ever smoked, drank, dipped, chewed, ran with the people who do. Oh, my goodness, you never smoked? How do you do that? Oh, my God, you never had but one boyfriend? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And those were the ones, and the rest of us just felt like, let me carry their suitcase if I can. I'm going to 
I'm going to get up under their skirt and maybe I'll make it in. Glory to God. Not knowing that he said, come out from behind there. You're my kid too. And though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Come on, they shall, though they be red like crimson, they shall be as lamb's wool. What a washing, what a detergent of the blood of Jesus Christ and the mercy and the kindness of Jesus Christ. Ha! Whoa! But Ken, because I'm up here and you're back there, we on the same footing. Level ground. I'm not up here and you down there. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my soul was rolled away. It was there by faith. I received my sight and now I am happy all the day. Jesus' posture is like this. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly at heart, and you shall find rest for your soul. I'm thankful for the holiness movement. I really am, but there was, if I may say, there was a little error there. But they leaned too much on records. And I knew what they were doing because they wanted us to know if we broke the record, we go to hell. But I hadn't gone to hell. I have been forgiven. Come on. I have broken some records, but I am forgiven. Glory to God. And people may stand off from me because I broke a record here and there, but he's not standing off from me. He is ever presently with me to help me, to strengthen me, to change me into his image. Let's all stand together, please. I'm inviting every person here who wants to know better this kind of a father, this kind of a savior. Oh, what a savior, the song said. Oh, hallelujah. His heart was broken at Calvary. His hands were nail scarred. His side was riven. He did that for you and for me. Could we in unison bow our heads and close our eyes? I'm inviting every person that wants to know their father in this way their Father in forgiveness, their Father in the filling. If you want it, come now in Jesus' name. Promise not to embarrass you, but to pray with you if you'd like. Come on now in Jesus' name. Step out from where you are. Hallelujah, the privacy of the moment. You want to know him like you've never known him before. Come on, and just stand here around the front. Come on, come on. Just come around the front here, and we're going to pray together. Hallelujah, bless the name of the Lord. 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 Bless the name of the Lord.
Come home. Come home now in Jesus' name. Step out from where you are and accept his grace. Accept his kindness. Accept the mercies that have come in the face of Jesus. Would you? Come on. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If you don't know even what to say, just, just come and stand with us and reverence what he has done for us. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You may be in something that is sinful and you don't know how to get out of it. Ask him to help you. Ask him to help you do everything in your power to break that kind of a life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm inviting everyone that would to just come and let us pray together. Let's have a prayer together before we leave here in the name of Jesus. Our Father, we thank you for everyone that is here. We thank you, Lord, that you know the sufferings of each soul. You know the pains. You know the embarrassments. You know the restrictions that Satan has placed upon them because of their past and their failures. You know all of these things, and yet you, in your mercy and because of your love, you have made provisions for us to have fellowship with you without any impedance or hindrance. I praise you, Lord, for this. And I praise you that every soul would boldly lift up their voice and confess their sin to you and ask you for forgiveness and ask you for the fillings of your presence, Lord, that would change them forever. I praise you. I bless you. I honor you. Oh, glory to your name. 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 Oh, Hallelujah, and help each one of us to be loving, forgiving, and merciful to each other as you have been to us. Oh, we thank you. We praise you. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. On this day that we honor our earthly fathers, we want above all to honor you, our heavenly Father. And we thank you for this love, this love that is like no other. This love that cannot be matched on earth. We thank you for it, Lord. And we praise you right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Now I'd like for you to reach out to the person that's beside you, either side of you. And I'd like for you just to pray for them that the Lord would grant them strength to walk in fellowship with him hallelujah come on let's lift them up help them to go above the things that have taken them down the shame that they have felt hallelujah that they can lift their head because you lift their head that they can lift their head because you love them and because you have accepted them bless the name of Jesus praise the name of Jesus Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.
else need prayer? Thank you for your wonderful presence. Thank you for meeting us here every every time we come to the house of the Lord. You're always here. Thank you, Lord, for this great salvation. Thanking you for finding us, Lord, when we were lost and bringing us to you. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, and everybody said amen. God bless you. Happy Father's Day. Your parents are still alive. Call them. Tell them you love them. If your real parents aren't alive, then adopt somebody. Call them and tell them I love you. If you're strained and you've had some problems, call them and apologize and say, I'm sorry, I'm such a dummy. I love you. <laughs> or some version like that. Amen. I love you all so much. God bless you. You are the children of the Lord. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Shake hands. I, I haven't asked Brother Ashcraft, but I'm hoping that he can be here next Sunday and maybe maybe for an extended time. Amen. I love you all very much. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.